Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. But she will be destroyed once and for all. God is going to finally have his way in his judgment, not only upon the harlot church, but also on the Antichrist kingdom, which always has has had at its foundation, Babylon. everyone, and welcome to our Bible study on Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob begins a three-part series on chapter 18 in the book of Revelation. This chapter speaks of Babylon. There are definite similarities between Babylon as described in Revelation 17 and Revelation 18. Both are under the rule of the Antichrist. Both are filled with blasphemy. Both hate the saints and shed their blood. Both are associated with kings in fornication. And both are under judgment and destroyed. Lord, we pray for those who do not know you. And because of that, they will be facing this persecution and judgment. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's message. Uh, This morning, let's open up to Revelation chapter 18. We're going to hopefully do this whole chapter today. And that is a quite a daunting task, quite a daunting task, but I'm going to try it. We're going to take communion today as well. Let's just get right into it. Um, Last week, the last three weeks, actually, we've been talking about Revelation chapter 17 and this harlot church, the woman who rides the beast, this harlot church who is really kind of in, in a dominant position over the end time government that we've been talking about for some time that the Antichrist will reside over. But this morning, we're going to see, after she has been destroyed, this harlot church, there comes a point where the Antichrist is like, I've had enough of being subservient to this uh, religious entity. And he's going to say within his heart, I want to be worshipped. And that is at the moment when we know that Satan will incarnate this man, will actually come in him, and he will desire to be worshipped. And we've looked at that quite a bit. And, um, and then the, that church, that harlot church, will be destroyed because he will place himself on the altar or upon the, um, you know, to, for people to look at, to be worshipped. And then there comes a time where God is going to then judge Babylon itself. Babylon, who we've been tracing the origins of that, going all the way back to Genesis 10 and 11, the, the, the really the origin of all things, religious, uh, pagan religious uh, system, it all takes its origin back in Babylon. 
Everything has been propagated from there, and we see it. It's very much alive in the world today, this apostate religious system. And we, don't, we not only see it in the Roman Catholicism, which is, I believe, the very foundation of it, but I believe it's also apostate Protestantism and New Age movements and groups that have come in. And when the churches remove folks, do you realize that's all that's going to be left? And they are going to gravitate together, and it's going to be like this unholy soup and it's going to be ugly. The church is going to look horrible. Because the church, actually the church is going to look glorious. Because we're going to be with the, the king of kings. But the, those on the earth that have, uh, are a church, uh, church in name only. What do they call it? A chino? Church in name only? <laughs> they are going to be here, unfortunately. And they are going to um, be in that false system. But this morning we're going to look at chapter 18 where God is going to literally judge the city on the Euphrates called Babylon. Babylon. And, um, you know, the book of Revelation, it contains 404 verses and 44 of those refer to Babylon. That's 11% of the book of, of Revelation devoted to the future end of Babylon. And in scripture, Babylon means Babylon. There is good reason, and I, and, I, and I respect those who think it's uh, the, the whole thing is actually Rome, and there's a good chance that it could be, because there, there's some really good uh, reasonings for it being Rome, but I believe when the Bible says Babylon, we know that the, the, the woman, the false religious system, I believe it's going to start in Rome, and then it's going to move itself into Babylon at some point. In fact, uh, we're not going to go there today for the lack of time, but I'd encourage you to read Zechariah chapter 5, specifically Verses 5 through 10, it talks about this woman being placed in a, in, a, in a covering, in a basket, and she is taken to Shinar, which is Babylon, where she will be placed upon an altar. And so we know that that's going to happen in the last days, and that's ultimately where it's all going to end. History began in Babel, in Babylon, and it's going to end there as well. The devil has always sought to have himself worshipped. He has always sought to pollute and corrupt uh, humanity with his false religious system. And so we're going to see this morning that Babylon literally means Babylon, and it will be destroyed. This city that's, again, on the, on the shores of the Euphrates River that we, we know in history was conquered by the Medes and the Persians. And we'll see this morning that it wasn't out of some great battle. It happened very quietly and very peaceably, relatively. The city was not destroyed. In fact, over the years, even after uh, the Medes and the Persians invaded Babylon, when Alexander the Great in Greece came after it, he died in Babylon and he kept it because it was beautiful. They did so much work. There's no reason to, to blow this thing up or to, to destroy it. It was one of the seven wonders of the world, the hanging gardens and many other things. So it was there, and it slowly, slowly, slowly over the passages of time just slowly went into ruin. But the Bible says that it's going to be destroyed in an hour, in a very definitive moment of time. And that, folks, has not happened yet. And my hope today is to show you through the scriptures that that is the case, that Babylon has yet a future ahead of it, and it will ultimately be destroyed exactly as the prophets have foretold it, specifically Isaiah and Jeremiah. We're going to look at some of those passages this morning, but she will be destroyed once and for all. God is going to finally have his way in his judgment, not only upon the harlot church, but also on the Antichrist kingdom, which always has, has, has had at its foundation Babylon.
the very spirit of Babylon. And so we'll look at that. We'll look at that. In fact, let's look at the first verse of it. It says, after these things, after these things, does this phrase ring a bell? In, in the Bible, we've seen this phrase occur over eight times in, in, in the book of Revelation specifically. We saw it in Revelation chapter 4 and other, other verses. And really what this is, is the Greek word metatauta, after these things. And this is important because the first time we see it was in Revelation 4 verse 1 where it says, it, you know, Jesus wrote this, these letters to the seven churches. And when the church age was finished, it says, after these things, when the church age is wrapped up and, and we're done, what happens? The church is raptured. So we are still living in that church age. And when the church age is done, we are going to be raptured. And then it says in verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, after these things. And then it talks about the heavenly scene. And then we quickly get into <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the great tribulation period outlined for us in chapters 6 through 19. And so we see this phrase, and really what it does is it keeps the prophecy going, because you can understand chronologically where you're at, because when it says, after these things, it stands to reason that it's after the things that were previously spoken of. Does that make sense? It's sort of like a, a, a road map, if you will. So when it says, after these things, you can trust that what happened before has already happened, and now something new is happening, and you see it eight different times throughout Revelation. And notice in verse 2, and he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison of every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. And we saw in Revelation 14, verse 8, <clears throat> excuse me, in this um, really, uh, you have to bear with me here. <clears throat> Boy, dry air is killing me this morning. Anybody suffering with dry air? <sighs> Maybe the Lord's trying to tell me, Rob, slow down. In Revelation 14, verse 8, it says, That Babylon has fallen, has fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. It also says it in Revelation chapter 16, verse 19, as part of the Seventh, uh, seventh bowl of wrath that is poured out on the earth. What does it say? The great city was divided into three parts, and the city of the nations fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God and gave her the cup of the wine of the fierceness, notice, of his wrath. His wrath. Notice that uh, Babylon has been the source of everything unclean. <clears throat> and when it occurs, when it is built, after the church is removed, it's going to be like a magnet attracting every evil thing. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 13, it says, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse. Notice, deceiving and being deceived. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, it says, that The Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines and demons. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. In 2 Timothy, also in chapter 3, it says this, But know in the last times, perilous times will come. Have you noticed there's been perilous times? And we're not even really there yet, but we're already seeing the birth pangs, right? Anybody notice the birth pangs? <clears throat> there's birth pangs. We've been going through them this year. And it's not the be it's just the beginning. And I'm so glad 
because I don't like conflict. <laughs> I'm looking forward to being removed before these things really start to ramp up. But notice, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boaster, proud, unthankful, unholy, without self-control, heady, strong-minded, lovers of pleasures more than a lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. We see that in the world right now. You see that even within the church right now. And this is a real, a real wake-up call for all of us to really dig in. This is not a time for us to be uh, relaxing and going on vacation in our minds, but we really have to, in the time that we're living in now, we've got to be sober. We've got to wake up. Now more than ever, get into the Word of God. And as you're getting into the Word of God, read it and pray over it and ask God to change you on the inside and mold you. And continue to use you and baptize you with the Spirit of God, to fill you with His Spirit. The world needs to see a church that's on fire again. Our lamp and our flame has gotten low and it's a flicker. And right now, that's where we're at, folks. And God wants to fan that flame. Will you be willing to be fanned? Will you be willing? Are you willing to let Lord, the Lord fan that flame and say, Lord, light me up again? I need it. Do you need it? I want that more than anything, and I think he's doing it. I really do, and I pray for you as well. And again, no condemnation. Just get into the Word. Be in prayer. Come to the meetings. Come to our Tuesday night prayer meetings. But these are the times, these are the signs of the times, and we're already seeing these things happening. People being deceived and deceiving. I even think of our mainstream media. It has been deceived and it's also deceiving millions of Americans right now. It's deceiving all of you. Have you noticed that? It itself is deceived and it is deceiving. True? I believe it's true with all of my heart. I believe that's true. And what a great disservice they are to America. But notice this Babylon, when it falls, it says it's become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, a cage for every unclean and hated bird. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus spoke a parable of a mustard seed, and he says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and they lodge within its branches." Whenever you see birds like this, it's always a reference to demonic activity. And this great monstrosity of the mustard tree, the church, there's there's elements of it that are really huge. And and the birds of the air, demonic activity, and those uh, paying heed to doctrines of demons, they're all lodging in its branches, and it's no longer this pure, holy thing. It's become a monstrosity. In some churches, you, you, the people don't even bring their Bibles. What a shame. When you come into a church, you should have your Bible. You should be opening your Bible. But there's churches in this city who people aren't even encouraged to bring their Bibles, much less open it. And instead, they're entertained by music. They have a great big worship team, and it's wonderful. You know, they got this great team. It's huge. The lights, spotlights are going all over, you know, little swirly thingies and all that other stuff. It's all happening. And the pastor gets up and he teaches a 15-minute sermon, and then he says, let's just do some more worship, you know. And then they worship and they talk about their feelings. It's not right. 
But things have gotten like that. And so the church has become like that. Notice in verse 3 in our text again, For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and this is true. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, unless you receive of her plague. See, the heart of the Lord is and always has been for his church um, uh, and also those who come to Christ in the great tribulation to come out of the apostasy. Even today, come out of the apostasy. If you are involved in a false religious system, come out of it. If you belong to Roman Catholicism and you love Jesus and are not getting fed or are being fed false doctrine, come out of it. Come out from it. If you are in a Protestant church and you love Jesus and you're not getting fed and you're getting fed false doctrine instead, come out of it. Come out of it. How is it that you can go into a church and not be fed the the, the Word of God and open the Bible? And yet that's what is happening in many places today. And it's a real shame. We've missed the mark. Not you specifically, but the church in totality is missing the mark. We're missing the mark. We're no longer desiring to, to reach the lost. We no longer have a desire to see people come to the Lord. We're too afraid to speak anymore publicly about Jesus. And there's something wrong there. That's why we need the Spirit of God. That's why we need to wake up. Because I don't know if you've noticed lately, but I'm seeing things. It's so clear to me. Is it clear to you? It's becoming clear as crystal to me as we go on exactly what's happening. And I'm confounded and bewildered and I'm heartbroken. At the same time, I know where it's going. And God may give us grace for another four years, perhaps. In 2 Corinthians, Paul said to them, Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. This doesn't mean that you can't be around unbelievers. Otherwise, how would people know the Lord? But being in cahoots with them, doing the things that they do, going to the bars, going to the strip clubs, doing whatever else you do, do not be unequally yoked together with them. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? And notice, in what agreement, what part... Does Christ have with the devil? Or what part has an unbeliever with a believer? What agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of living God. God says, I will dwell in them and walk in them, among them. I will be their God, they shall be my people. Therefore, what's the, what's the exhortation? Come out from among them and be separate. Come out from among them and be separate. Do not touch what is unclean. And what is the promise? I will receive you. I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And if that sounds like just a New Testament thing, we see it in the Old Testament too in Jeremiah. What does it say in Jeremiah 50 verse 8? Move from the midst of Babylon. And here's the exhortation of God to those who are going to be uh, believers in the end days. Yes, you can still receive Christ after the church is removed, but you've heard this before. It's very difficult. The delusion is going to be so great. But here's the thing. God in his mercy can even reach a heart even then. And so those people who are going to be in that system, if they haven't already died 
from all the plagues and all of the natural things that God is, supernatural things that God's going to do. What is his exhortation to them? And it goes all the way back to Jeremiah 50 verse 8. Move from the midst of Babylon. Get out of the land of the Chaldeans because her judgment is coming. She's got a date with destiny. She's got a date with the hammer. <laughs> She's got a date with the hammer. In Jeremiah 51 verse 6, flee from the midst of Babylon and everyone save his life. Do not cut off, do not cut her, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, do not be cut off in her iniquity. For this is the time of what? The Lord's vengeance. He shall recompense her. Jeremiah 51 45, my people go out of the midst of her. It's like God is pleading. And at the time when this all is coming, hopefully there'll be copies of the scripture where they can read and they can see this warning. My people go out of her midst and let everyone deliver himself from the fierce anger of Jehovah, of the Lord. In Isaiah 52, 11, depart, depart, go out from there, touch no unclean thing, go out from the midst of her, be clean for you who bear the vessels of the Lord. So important for us to be separate from those things. Are you separate from the things of the world? Am I separate from the things of the world? I, I, as often as I'm aware of it, I've got to turn away from it, right? And it's not like God is trying to take away your fun. <laughs> I used to think that, but you know what? The more I've walked with him and the closer I get to him, the more, I, the more I'm excited about being with him. And I'm excited about the love and the grace and the peace that he gives me that no one else can give. All those things that people are chasing after to get that love, to get that peace, to get that sense of belonging, apart from Christ, is, are the things that are actually going to destroy them. Do you see? And so when you find the love of your life, finally, the search is over. The search is over. Is your search over? Have you found Jesus? Have you found the love of your life? When I found my wife, the search was over. I don't need to go looking anywhere else. When the Lord made me aware that it was her, I become, I got like those horse with blinders. Don't need to go looking anywhere else. I found her. I found her. And thank God she found me. Notice verse 5 in our text. It says, for her sins, Babylon's sins, have reached to heaven. God has remembered her iniquities. See, God has a perfect memory. He is very much aware of the foundation of Babylon. What it has, the beginning of it, what he had to do to break it up and spread everybody across the earth. And, and, and they had to learn different languages because he, he broke up their languages. He understands the sin. He understands the foundation. He understands the roots of it that are in our culture right now, all over the world, actually. And you cannot pull the wool over God's eyes. You cannot. He's omniscient. Try playing chess with God. I'd like to see Kasparov and those other fancy Russian guys go to, go to sit down at a chess match, and the Lord just shows up and goes, the game's over. What do you mean? I haven't even moved a piece. Well, go for it. I'll show you. It's going to be over. I got move. Queen's Gambit means nothing. I got to move, and one move, I can checkmate you and throw them right off. The, what? I, I never heard of that before. The Queen's Gambit, I knew it, but what, what's a, 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 Yeah, he's that good. Amen? Isn't he that good? Can I get an amen in the house? Amen. Yes, he is that good. I love him. Do you love him? I love him. He's so good. In spite of all the nasty, filthy, ugly stuff we're going through, aren't you ready to be done with it? I'm ready for the election to be over and us to take off these masks and put our things back together again. I'm sick of this. Looking forward to it. Lord, help. 
Amen. But notice in verse 6, he says, Render to her just as she rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works, in the cup which she has mixed. Mix, mix double for her. God is going to take wrath out on this system that has plagued the earth from its very core, from its very beginning. Notice verse 7, In the measure that she glorified herself and lived... Lo- I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.